What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. We still in Ephesians 6.10? 6.10, brother. Ephesians 6.10, picking up where we left off. Uh, yes, sir. Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, beginning at verse 10. Uh, we're going to see how far we get this week. Uh, it says, beginning, uh, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I guess we'll stop there. I guess we'll stop there. We might go further than that, but we'll see. So we've been dealing with... Um, just like slightly recap is is things we must do in times of difficulties things we must do in the times of difficulties and this is it obviously there's a uh, disclaimer uh, when you say things we must do in the times of difficulties the disclaimer is as believers as followers of Christ right as the chosen people not in uh, physicalities, but in the spiritual realm. We are Jews circumcised by heart. Uh, yes, sir. Right? Following after Abraham. You know what I mean? Yes. God tells us what to do. We believe and we follow. We believe, we trust, and we follow. Uh, and that's what Abraham did. And that's the disclaimer. We are God's people in that we are choosing to believe, trust, and follow him. And everywhere, which way he tells us to go. And in the times of difficulty, he's telling us to be strong in him. Right? This is Paul talking to the Ephesians, but this is God speaking truth to all of his believers that we must be strong in him. Right? Be strong in him. Right? Because, because he's mighty. <laughs> he's, he's mighty and he's all powerful. There's nothing. I was thinking about this. Uh, I was telling a group last Sunday, um, uh, I was supposed to preach last Sunday, and, and what I was intending on preaching was coming from um, um, Daniel chapter 3 and Isaiah fifty four seventeen. And when God, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When God says, uh, and this, this ties into this, God says, no weapon forged against you no will prosper. But if you go back up to 15, God asked the question. He said, is it not I that created the blacksmith to forge the weapons? And then he said, is it not I who created the destroyer to send out to the go and destroy the lands? Is it not I who created both? And that was 16. And then in 17, he said, no weapon. He could have said a but, but he didn't. He didn't say but. He just said, no weapon forged against you will prosper. Why, though? There's a condition there. Because you're my people. So if, if I created the blacksmith who created the weapon for the destroyer, and I also created the destroyer, then you should know no weapon forced against you will prosper. Even though this destroyer takes this weapon from this blacksmith to come against you to destroy you, he can't. Why? Because of me. He may raise his hand, but if I don't permit it, if I don't give the go-ahead, he can't do anything but make a noise. He can't destroy anything, right? So what does that mean? That means God is in control. 
right? He's in control. So when he tells you to be strong in the Lord, that means I can trust. I can trust. I can stand in the strength of God through any type of turmoil. It's not gonna. It's not gonna prosper against me, even though the turmoil is going on currently. It's not gonna prosper against me, because God is the one who gives the order for that thing to prosper against me. And if He has told me I am good, I am good. If three hundred thousand people fall in one day right next door to me, yeah, I'm good. I don't have to panic. I don't have to worry. I can. Be strong in the Lord. But what is the enemy trying to do? The enemy is trying to get you to think that God isn't for you. God isn't going to prevent this from happening. You're going to get caught up in the pandemic. So then what do you do, right? What do you do? Well, what is being attacked here? Your faith. Your faith is being attacked. The enemy is attacking your faith, your, your belief. Your trust and your obedience. He, his goal is to get you to, the enemy's goal is to get you or prevent you or come in, not even necessarily prevent, but, but like, you know what I'm saying, brother? He's trying to entice you or influence you or dissuade you from choosing to believe, trust, and obey God. Right? That's what's under attack here. So, so when it says against the devil's schemes, his schemes is using that turmoil to get you to curse God, as he tried to do with Job. To step away, to, to say, you know what? God ain't got my back. I need to invest into something else. And then you begin to, as the children of Israel did, you begin to build idol gods. You begin to mold, a, a, a create a molded calf. <laughs> out of gold and say this is what brought me out of Egypt this is what paid my bills last week this is what saved my life when I was in that car accident this is what prevented my children from getting clobbered and, or, or getting this disease or getting that or getting this or you know what God didn't save my son I'm not going to trust in God he didn't save my spouse he didn't do this. He didn't do that. He he allowed me to get laid off and to go into a position where I'm homeless. God did all of that. These are the schemes of the enemy. The whole his whole little device. His devices are built to get you to turn away, to turn away, and not just turn away, but also to continue to stay away, <laughs> right? Because a lot of people think that oh, once he got you to turn away then that's it no he tries to get you to continue to do more and more evil he wants you to become like him right that's his whole purpose he's that's the most deceived entity and that's the most deceived creation god has on all the earth <laughs> he's the most deceived why because he's still chasing after nothing knowing that god is god right he has an appointed time to be before god However often. And he has to be there. It ain't like I ain't got a choice. The brother can't be like, I ain't going today, God. He, ain't, he can't say that. Because it's an order. And if he doesn't, he will be forced. <laughs> he will be forced. God forced him to the earth. He didn't want to be on the earth. God forced him to the earth. It wasn't his choice. So when you think about that, you put that in perspective, right? He's obeying. 
<laughs> he's not he's not believing and trusting, but he's definitely obeying. Right? He's obeying. But his whole job and his his whole scheme is to get you keep you from obeying, trusting, and believing. Then then one day you're gonna have to obey though. Forcefully. By force. And that's what he's trying to get us to do. But then Paul is sitting here telling you, no, no, no. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's devices. So when he comes at you with all of this foolishness about, oh, God, let your this and God, that God, there's no God. There's no this. No, you can stand. You can say, hold up. No, no, no. I know who God is. God created the blacksmith who created the weapons, who forges the weapons. God created the destroyer who goes out and destroys the land. And there are times when God may move back his hands and destroyers go and they go and destroy. So when you think about King Nebuchadnezzar, it was almost as if God raised King Nebuchadnezzar to go out and punish the children of Israel just for the reason that they had turned away from God. There was a cause and effect. God didn't just terminate the children of Israel. He left a remnant. But in that, he told them in the beginning that if they didn't obey him, when he took them into the land of Canaan, where milk flowed, where the flow land flowed with milk and honey. He told them, he said, he said, destroy everything. And they didn't. They didn't destroy everything. And he said, but if you go there and become just like they are in the land of Canaan, in the promised land, because in the promised land, they were doing obscenities. They were not obeying God. And so God stripped them of the land and gave it to the children of Israel. Right? So he gave that land to them. The Amalekites, the, the, the Canaanites, and so many other uh, uh, tribes there. God gave them that land, right? They were favored, and then they turned from God. And God said, okay, well, I'm going to remove y'all from the land. So he gave it to the children of Israel, and they did the same thing. And then God said, okay, I'm going to take it from you. He gave it to King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And then after the Babylonians was messing up, guess what? He took it from them too. It was, a, it was a perpetuating event. It was a perpetuating occurrence of, okay, y'all are going to disobey me. Okay, I'm going to remove you guys. Right? And that's why these destroyers raised up. So you're saying that this happened to my, this because of the destroyer? No, I'm not saying that. But I will say this. As a result of your disobedience to God, there is punishment. He even told, went out and said this. To the children of Israel. He said no longer will I punish the generations. For their foreparents sin. He said from here on out. I'm going to repunish everybody for their own sin. Everybody as a result of their sin. Will be punished. And then you had Christ come in. And he makes the way for you to. Avoid the punishment. But not necessarily the consequences. Sometimes there are consequences. But you will not reap. The damnation. Of that sin. Which that damnation is eternal. Right? Now I know I didn't come in here to give you that whole big old spill. But it's necessary. So you can understand the enemy's schemes. Right? He has a scheme. He has a plot. He has devices. And, and it starts with that. All of the turmoil that's going on. Pumping your mind with fear. That I can't trust God. God is not to be trusted. Now you remember he's not to be trusted. Look at all of this stuff that has happened to you. And it may not have been anything. It could have just been one thing. And that one thing could have been a result of disobedience. And instead of you taking this little spanking, which is a consequence, 
instead of you taking the spanking and turning just as the children of Israel did and then they were redeemed and they were they were taken off off from under the 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 control of the Babylonians right and in Ezekiel when he was prophesying that they would be given a new land and there will be built a new temple and I will be their God and the city will be named the Lord is there over in Ezekiel the Lord is there that's the thing right if you are putting on this full armor of God and turning from your disobedience it's not to say that you're not gonna not gonna go through things where there will be times of struggle Jesus struggled he did no wrong it's not to say that but what it is to say that you will recognize that God is with you through all, through everything that goes on. God is with you. That, that, that is what we're here to discuss. God's with you. Are you going to keep that in the forefront of your mind? That God's with me. God's with me. God has me. I need to stay with God. I need to roll with God regardless of the punches that are being thrown. Because he never said the weapon wasn't going to be forged against you. He said it wasn't going to prosper. Meaning it wasn't going to overcome you. It wasn't going to separate you from him. That's what he was saying. Notice that. The weapon formed against you. The weapon forged against you will not prosper. What would be prospering the weapon prospering? It's not necessarily taking you out. Meaning killing you. The weapon killing you doesn't mean it prospered. Jesus died on the cross. Did it prosper? No, it didn't. I know about Jesus. This happened some umpteen years ago. Umpteen thousand years ago. Right? Well, over two. Well, over two. Right? But I heard about him. <laughs> I heard that he's living. And I believe that he's living. Because I recognize him in the light that he's wanting me to live. And I see it to be actually more feasible than not living the way he's wanting me to live. It's actually more purpose-driven for me to live a life that, like he lived, like with a mindset that God has me and that, that I can't control anything going on outside of God. I can't control anything going on within God. All I can do is obey God or not. I can only obey him. I can only choose to, that's my, that's my stance. I'm going to stand in God. I'm going to stand with Christ. Regardless of what goes on around me, I'm going to stand. I'm going to roll with him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to trust him. Regardless of what's going on. Because I know that he has me. He's nothing that, that weapon isn't going to separate me from God. And that's just it. The enemy's trying to get you to think this weapon is forced against you is going to separate you. He's trying to get, use that weapon rather to separate you from God. And your stand is to not allow it, right? It's to, 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 to fight back with that same weapon, that weapon of God. Because <laughs> he's using that weapon to, 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 to get you to turn against God. And no, you, you, you stand with God against that weapon. Like, nah, God created that weapon. Just use that. Nah, God created the weapon. It's not going to come. It's like you could say that God created that weapon in your mind, right? In your heart. God created that weapon. So 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are things that we can't see, right? And that's, we talked about that last week. And then he, we have influences on the earth, like governors, chiefs, rulers, kings, people that are in like 
you know, like our government agencies, even those people, even in, in law enforcement, even in those, they, they're, they're influenced. How, how so many officers were just shooting unarmed uh, civilians, and, and mostly of color. It was killing them, right? And then it's, it causes fear. And the crazy thing about it is more people of color than there are officers. Them not thinking that if everybody that was of color were to pick up a gun and go against them, it would be a bad day for officers. <laughs> them not thinking like that. But they live in fear every day. That's why they're shooting people, because they're living in fear, thinking that at any moment somebody could take my life, right? Instead of standing in God, that I'm going to choose to do what is right. I'm going to choose to use my training. I'm going to trust that God is going to take care of me. I'm going to trust that. Instead of allowing the enemy to use them to strike fear in other people, now we've got a chaotic situation where nobody's trusting because one person chose to disobey God. And that's the whole point, right? That's the scheme. That's the tactic. It's like a snowball effect. If I get one person to act out in fear and they do something out of fear, then it's going to cause somebody else to do something out of fear. Now you have a pandemic. Nobody acted out in, in, in faith. Everybody acted out in fear. And now you have a pandemic. Everybody's running around scared for their life. And they can't keep it. They can't stop it from leaving. It's, it's, it's going to happen. We're all going to die from something. Right? And it's like, well, man, why would you say that over the air? Well, we are. It's just the truth. Right? So then why not trust in God? <laughs> it's really simple. And I repeat, why not? Right? Why not stand against these, the devil's devices trying to get you to not trust in God? When there is a God, God created you. Why not choose to put on this armor? And I'm going to go on the 13th. It's just leading me there. He said, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Why not? And after you have done everything to stand, stand ye therefore. <laughs> or in 14, stand firm then. And this is the last one I read. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, holding everything up, truth. Let it hold you up. Let it hold everything that you stand for up or stand in up, meaning, meaning strapped to you. Let, the, let, that, let that truth hold you together. Let that truth you're standing in hold you together. What's that truth? That Jesus is Lord. That no weapon forged against me will prosper. That God was the one who created the blacksmith. God created to destroy you. They can't do anything without God say so. And if God is given to say so, so be it. God still has me. And there's no other greater witness than Jesus, right, being on the cross. Yep. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Praying for them. There's no greater witness. There's some more witnesses. We talked about another witness with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talked about them, the three Hebrew boys. They were great witnesses. And what did they say? <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Because Nebuchadnezzar was asking them, why didn't they bow the knee? Not kill. Yeah. Why didn't you bow the knee to the, to the golden image? We ain't careful to answer you in this matter, O King. But, be it as it may, our God will deliver us from this 
Our God can, is able. That's what they say. Our God is able to deliver us from the fire furnace. And he will, O king. This is the confidence that they had. Listen to him standing. And he will. But even if he doesn't, O king, we're still not going to bow the knee. We are not going to allow you, enemy. And see, the enemy was using King Nebuchadnezzar. That's what they talk about against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Those were authorities and the powers against this dark world. Why did they in the world they create this gold image and be like, oh, okay, whenever we blow the trump, we need you to bow to this image. Why would you bow to an image that somebody created? Think about that. What in the world can that image do to you if you don't bow to it? Just like this virus. The virus isn't killing you guys. <laughs> It's not. It is a means for you to stop breathing. But just because you stop breathing, don't mean you got to die. You could be saved. You could still be saved. Right? And if it, if it does solidify, if that mucus solidifies in your throat, yes, you will pass away. The virus causes maybe an infection into your lungs and then mucus builds up. Right? But there's a chain reaction. But there are things you can do to prevent that from happening. Right? things you could do so the virus isn't taking you out it is causing something within your body that to, to dysfunction and then you die right so the point is the virus isn't in control something else is in control it's, it's that little small thing within you that happens that that takes your breath away <laughs> it's that little mucus buildup it solidifies the virus doesn't solidify the mucus the mucus solidifies as a from dryness in the throat your throat, throat isn't moist enough, then it dries, right? And so these are things that they're telling you to do to prevent that. If you do even have the virus, they're telling you things that you can do. Drink warm water. Stay active. Stay moving. Don't, don't be still. Move, move, right? These are things that, that that's, what, what is that saying? What is that saying? That's, that's, that's things that you've got to do to prevent the enemy from removing you from God. God is telling you to obey him in the times of crisis. Do what he's telling you to do. What is that? Still walk in truth. Still trust in the truth that he's providing you that he's in control. That God is in control. God got you. Trust that God has you. Believe that God has you. And obey God. Obey what he's telling you to do. Drink warm water. Okay. Be, move around. Okay. Let me move around. Let me continue to move around. Oh, I want to move around. Well, why not? Oh, just my body's aching. Can you move? Yes, I don't want to. Well, move. Stand, God, stand. Do not sit there and let the enemy whoop up on you and remove you from God. Don't allow this thing, this image. Don't bow to the image. No, stand. Stand. The image isn't God. God is God. Bow to God. Do what he's telling you to do. Do what he's telling you to do. Right? It says resist the enemy and he'll flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's, that's your defense. To resist, to stand, to not give in to what it is that he's trying to get you to give in to. God is your God. And you will see God's mighty power. You will see it. You will see it. Even if God allows you to pass away from anything, he can raise you up the next day. I don't want him to raise me up. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and go and be with you, Lord. A friend of mine told me to watch what I say. I'm sorry. I can't watch what I say. I'm watching it as it come out. Yeah, take me, God. Don't, don't let me come back. Uh-uh. No. Sorry. We going on to be with you, Lord. It's time. It was just time. We, we, 
I just love God, and I know how beautiful God is. He's amazing. In my young, short time lived here, my 37-plus years of being here, I've come to recognize how beautiful God is. Why wouldn't I want to be with him? The trinity of God, why wouldn't I want to be with him? That's all I have, brother. Stand. Trust. Believe. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.